You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Good morning, Joe. Hi, Richard. How are you? I'm very well today. Yeah. How are you going? Great. Great. And we're talking about Andy today. Oh, yes. My, my uh, third. 12-year-old, my 12-year-old son, um, I thought I'd share with you, Joe, and our listeners on homegrown faith, some uh, words and phrases that Andy uses that uh, <laughs> I think are currently hot in the year seven playground sort of area. Okay? <laughs> we're getting we're getting hit with the kids today. Yeah. So if you want to, you, Joe, you're welcome to try these out on young people you know and see mm-hmm. how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got... Uh, Nine Andy phrases or sayings, and I'll see if you know what they mean, and we'll, we'll race through them. Are you ready? Okay. Okay, first one's pretty easy. That's a noob. Do you know what a noob is, Joe? Uh, someone who's new to something. Is that right? They don't yep. know what they're doing. Correct. Yep. That's in high usage, a noob. I've been a noob on several occasions. <laughs> okay. Uh, number two is strat. Do you know what a strat is? No. No, that is short for strategy. So oh. <laughs> if you play a game a certain way or you – Whatever it is, you might say, that's my strat. I've got good, let me show you some good strats. <laughs> so that's a very handy word. Um, okay. Uh, question three, that's easy. That's triggered. Do you know what triggered is? Oh, yeah. Very popular word. Totally misused. Just like that made me think something else or made me go off, go off on a tangent or no No, it means no? getting angry. Oh, only getting angry. I think it just means getting angry. Maybe you've come across <laughs> different usage. That is a misuse of the word triggered. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, that's among uh, young young the the kids. Uh, you get triggered. That means you've gotten angry. Okay. Right, okay. Number four is salty. Do you know what salty means? Oh, yeah. Also angry. Yes, that is also yeah. angry. <laughs> well, you're doing yeah. well. We're doing very well, Joe. Thank you. Uh, number five is rage quit. Do you know what rage quit is? No. That means something goes bad on a video game or, or a board game, but mostly video games, and you get really angry and you quit. You just disappear really suddenly and then you storm off in a rage. That's called a rage quit. <laughs> oh, God. I'm worried for the youth of, the, the, of today. Oh, well, we've all rage quitted, haven't we, Joe? We have. We have. But there's good, they've got a name for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number six is a sweat. Do you know what a sweat is? A worry? Like they're worried about something? No. A sweat is someone who's really good at something and who works really hard. So you might say, um, at school sport today, our team lost because all the sweats were on the other soccer team. And that's someone who's really good, trained hard. Yep. Uh, Probably also in academic stuff. It could be a sweat at maths. but I don't mind that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Put the hard work in, get the results. You might be one of the – it might have been one of the sweats at school. Uh, thank okay. you, Richard. But uh, let's move through that. <laughs> <laughs> so the next three are acronyms. Um, okay. And you should be fine with these, I think. Number seven is TBH. To be honest. Yeah. So you'd often say, uh, Dad, that, that, that doesn't taste so good, TBH. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of TBHs. Uh, yeah. Eight is NGL. Do you know what NGL stands for? I have no idea. What is that? Uh, not going to lie. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> CBH, a, NGL, use them both in yeah, one Yeah, they're pretty interchangeable, <laughs> but it's a, 
Dad, I don't know about that shirt you were wearing. I don't think it's that good. NGL, NGL Dad. <laughs> oh, and, gosh. This and, sounds fun to talk to Andy. <laughs> the last one is my favourite, number nine. So it's taken lots of time here, but it's been so good. And that's, the last one is POG, P-O-G, POG. This one you say POG. Do you know what that uh, stands for? I've heard this, but I don't. I didn't know the meaning. And I was like, smile and nod, smile and nod. <laughs> what is it? That stands for play of the game. Play of the game. Ah. So, so, and you would use it as a verb as well. So you would say, man, I, I pogged just there. <laughs> Which means that was the play of the game. Or the pog, man, pog. I pogged. Or man, so, you pogged that. That was so good. He would. That's how it goes. Pogging. He was pogging all day. That sort of. So. <laughs> That's oh, man, getting this a, is so fun, Richard. <laughs> that's a very fun word. So you can yeah, speak to the young people and say, look, I think yeah, during, that, during that sermon, uh, you pogged right there about 20 minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> the challenge would be to get a few in the, the sentence. PDH, <laughs> that sweat totally pogged that, you know, oh, I, I can't even follow through. It, to get all of them in a sentence and then watch the kids just be like, you are not cool. Yeah. <laughs> You are. No, you're getting the hang of it, Joe. NGL. <laughs> NGL. <laughs> Stop it. Well, we've run out of time to talk about my thing, which wasn't even very interesting. Oh, <laughs> but, really? That's no yeah, good. Yeah, really. Let's talk about it another time. All so right, we'll let's save it for next week. Bible. Yeah, save it for next okay, week. What a, about a Bible? Blow out there, but that's that's cool. Let's go for a Bible. Uh, my turn to share this week. And, yeah. Uh, I have been reading Romans quite slowly and carefully. Uh, which uh, always pays off. Um, mm. And uh, just really reflecting today uh, or this week on Romans chapter 1 and um, really on one of the most famous verses in the New Testament, Romans 1 verse 16. Uh, he's, so Paul has done his introduction. He's greeted the, um, the Romans, shared about his wish to be there, uh, moves about onto how he perceives himself as, a, as someone in ministry obligated to, um, to preach and then he builds, works up. Finally, we get verse 16, which is very powerful. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I know you know that verse well, Joe, but I just think uh, looking at it again, uh, there was just lots to think about with each phrase, each word even. Um, and I've, I'll share a few, a few mm. of my thoughts with you and you can share yeah, some with me. But um, the idea of I'm not ashamed to start with, uh, yes. the statement itself implies that being ashamed is a risk or is something that Paul's wrestled with or mm. something likely possible. So... Mm. Um, Paul immediately says, no, I'm not ashamed of this thing that maybe in some context you could be ashamed of. And what's he not ashamed of? It's the gospel. Um, just uh, that key word, the good news, it's so, um, and it's been, he's talked about it earlier in the, in, the, in, the ver- in the chapter, but, yeah, that message of Jesus' lordship, his salvation, his rescue of us, um, the forgiveness of sins. Um, so it's all packed in there to that word, that's the thing he's not ashamed of and he gives the reason because it is the power of God that brings salvation. So we're all in need of salvation and even 
people who haven't really looked into Christianity are looking for a salvation of sorts, uh, salvation from stress, anxiety, uh, sickness, death, futility. Um, but the the gospel that Paul has and that we have has been entrusted to us. That's that's where the power is. Um, it's a powerful thing to, to to have and to know and to preach. So, yeah, I just enjoyed reflecting on that. I love the drawing attention to the the why because sometimes it can feel in your, in a moment where you feel ashamed it can the next thought can be oh i'm i'm so terrible or i can't believe i um, i'm not proud of this or the gospel but instead this verse kind of shows us the thought pattern we should have in the moment of being ashamed yeah. which is Wow, I mean, I've just acted in a way that shows I'm ashamed of the gospel. I've not shared about Jesus when there was a, a brilliant opportunity, or I've stayed silent when I should have spoken up, or I've thought thoughts about the gospel that I'm not that I know are not true, and in the and I need to repent of that. It's mm. almost like the next thought is there. Mm. Of yeah. well, I'm safe from that. Praise God for His power at work. This is why it the gospel is good. Yeah. And moving away from ashamed, like my experience of being ashamed, just straight to, well, God's at work. He's saving people. Praise God. And yeah. move into that. Yeah, right. That's right. It's oh. a very practical verse. Yeah, like you say, it's, yes. it's the sort of thing you can bring very quickly into the moment of shame mm. temptation, mm. Uh, mm. potentially even in that window before <laughs> when you're at the crosswords, at the cross, mm. crossroads yeah. um, of shame or, or boasting in the gospel. Mm. Uh, I wish I could tell a great story of how this has <laughs> happened in practice. Well, um, interestingly, um, the, uh, the the part that jumped out to me in the verse was the first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Yeah. Because yeah. I was just reading Acts 10 with someone yesterday mm. and we've been thinking about um, Acts for a, a number of, you know, over a year now together. She's one of my harvest mentees. And we were talking about how Acts 10 is this real moment where the gospel is the spirit is poured out on the Gentiles mm. who have heard the gospel, and there's a real echoing of Acts two, or the Pentecost, where the gospel is poured. Uh, sorry, the spirit is poured out on Jews and converts to Judaism. And we were just thinking the significance of that—that that the Holy Spirit is first poured out there in Acts two on Jews and converts to Judaism, and then Acts ten poured out on Gentiles uh, yeah. after the Jews have rejected uh, the message. And we just thought that that was a really clear, you know, demonstration of that first to the Jews, then to the Gentiles, the movement of the gospel out from Jerusalem. Mm. And we were really interested in that. So that's the part that jumped out for me, actually. Yeah, it fits, like, to so well with Acts. Um, mm, mm, mm. Anyway, yeah, well, that's, right. very, that's very encouraging, Richard. Thanks for sharing. Oh, my pleasure. Romans, a great book to spend time in to read, reread. Yeah. Mm. Where are you going to next? Will you just do the next verse and then the next verse? Are you going verse by verse? Or? Yeah, fairly slowly in this mm. reading experience. So um, mm. who knows? I might share other um, yeah, other things in future podcasts. But, uh, mm. yeah. Now, Joe, what are you uh, reading, thinking about? Well, I have to issue a retraction. <laughs> it's very exciting, very dramatic. So I got a text from uh, the lovely Eliza who is um, listening along with us as we talk. Hi there, Eliza. Hi, Eliza, and Joe, her husband, who is an ancient history buff. Oh, um, is, and so I got a text and Eliza said, Joe, 
I think you mentioned the wrong Darius. Oh no! In your discussion yesterday, um, yeah. well, it was even the day of, and I thought, oh, that would make sense because I <laughs> have no idea about the kings of Persia, and I didn't really do any extra work. I just sort of read the Bible text and thought, yeah. oh, there's a Darius. That makes sense. So it turns out I got two different books out and had a little look. Oh, great. You, you turned this the, into a learning opportunity, too. Yes. Well, I, was, I did have that moment of embarrassment, and then I thought, no, actually, my goal was to read the text of the Bible. I read the text of the Bible. I could read it more carefully again, mm-hmm. but this is learning. You find out you know something wrong, and you, yep. you learn to grow and understand it more. That's it's very, just that I projected that into the great interweb <laughs> so i was like oh i'm a bit embarrassed oh well push through it it's very um, ma- very mature of you <laughs> i did have some immature thoughts there i shouldn't do this podcast i don't know things but i've worked through that and the two books i got out were the new bible dictionary mm-hmm. which of course we are both big fans of big fans and then the other is the old testament survey of which i'm also a big fan yeah. um and I thought, okay, both of these books I trust um, to help me think about Old Testament issues. Mm-hmm. So I went to Persians or Persia in the Old Testament, uh, in the New Bible Dictionary, and it's got this beautiful flow chart of the kings of Persia. And it turns out that when we're reading Zechariah and Haggai, which are both aligned to each other and they're really connected as books um, in terms of their subject matter, we're really learning about Darius I, the Great. Right. not Darius II, who comes after Xerxes and Artaxerxes. Ah. And so as we were talking last week about um, Zechariah and the rebuilding after a break, we're not thinking about Darius II, we're thinking about Darius I, okay. um, which I still feel a little bit shaky on, to be honest, because I read it and I thought, oh, this makes me think I don't really understand Zechariah totally which I don't. <laughs> so I think I'm still in this. It's a cloud. I don't really understand it. But now I understand that there are two Dariuses. Well, actually, there are three Dariuses in this article I've got from the New Bible Dictionary. And so when I read Zechariah 7, verse 1, in the fourth year of King Darius, mm. the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, I should be thinking, okay, he's the king that comes well after Cyrus, who's the one who receives the proclamation. Mm. Um, but then there's this complex thing that I've discovered and now you're with me in my confusion, basically. Yeah, yeah. No, this is learning, yeah. Cyrus the Great is also, it seems, confusingly, there seems to be something about him being Darius the Mede in the flowchart, one of the flowcharts. And so now, like, I guess as I talk, I think, okay, Darius won... Darius the Great, but then there's Darius the Mede, who might also be Cyrus II. Mm. Anyway, all this to say, there was a Persian king, then there was another Persian king. One of them got a proclamation from God to rebuild the temple, to send all the Jews back to Jerusalem with money and goods and everything from the locals, rebuild the temple. Then there was a pause and the or a change of kingship, etc. And the rebuilding continued. Then there was some drama Mm. and letter writing. That's what I know. And (laughs) people will hear more next week as I continue to try and find out more. That is the way to go about it. Totally. Yeah. You put in the pieces, what you can figure out. Um, You know, you sort of want to go back in time and ask these guys where there are not enough names going around that they need (laughs) 
repeat the names. Didn't you want to strike out with a new name? But also they probably had significant meaning and I just don't understand what that is. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We are are time traveling um, as we go back. Uh, But, um, yeah, no, you've motivated me. I do remember looking at that article maybe a long time ago, so you've reminded me. And uh, I'm interested now myself to go on this journey of, yeah, uncovering, un- understanding the uh, the Dariuses and uh, yes. Cyrus and Xerxes and out of Xerxes and how they fit in. That, I think that would uh, help with Bible reading for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, watch this space. <laughs> okay. Good on you, Zoe. I think <laughs> we're out of time. Yes, we are. Good to chat, Richard. Likewise. I'll uh, talk to you again soon. Sounds good. See ya. Bye. Bye.